When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The championers of grooming are here to save your balls. Let's be real. We all know Manscaped is the world champion of below-the-waist grooming. The Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 will have you feeling sleeker than Ronaldo with a shirt off. Just make sure you're keeping your Man City under control. You wouldn't want to get yourself in a scoring position just to have your Lionel messy balls blow it for you harder than PSG in a second-leg fixture. Come and get the best ball products your money can buy on with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on your order. The package stars their redesigned electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. The performance package also comes with a weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer used a crop cleanser to clean your body, the crop preserver to stay fresh, and the crop reviver to give your balls a boost at half time. Get 20% off a free delivery with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off a free delivery with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. We have some exciting news for you and a chance to win some money for nothing. Betmate is a brand new social fantasy football betting app that allows you to test your knowledge against other football fans, build your own seven-a-side football team and win real money at betmate.app. Betmate offer daily public games for you to play, such as head-to-head games over a single fixture, or you can create your own game on it and set your own stake and test your skills against your own Betmates. To kick things off, if you haven't signed up for free yet, sign up at the link in the description to this podcast and play the Spurs v Brighton game for free and one of you will win up to £100. Or play for a fiver with the chance to win £250. This free game will go live for you on Friday at midday for all new sign-ups. They've got paid games throughout the week for the Champions League and Europa too. Another noteworthy point is that on Betmate, you get points for tackles and interceptions rather than just goals and assists, which finally makes Hoiberg a valuable pick. You can read more on the rules at any time from their mobile app. Last week's points for the Villa game were goalkeeper Larice got 13 points thanks to eight shots saved. Defender Romero got 11 points thanks to six tackles. In midfield, Kulisevsky got 13 points, a goal and assist, tackle and interception. Forwards, Son got 16 points, no explanation needed. And Kane got 15 points, that's two assists and three tackles. 
So click the sign up link on the description to this show and good luck. I'm David Hepworth. And I'm Mark Ellen. We met at a gig in Manchester in 1977. And we began a conversation about rock and roll that night, which has been going on ever since. For the last 15 years, that conversation has continued in the Word in Your Ear podcast. It's not a serious conversation, but it does cover the things that matter. The haircuts. The tacks. The tours. The trousers. If you share our conviction that rock and roll can be magnificent and hilarious at one and the same time, then join us wherever you get your podcasts. Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good the middle of the night from North London. This is The Spurs Show. My name is Theo Delaney. We've got quite a lot to talk about here. And luckily, I have an excellent panel in front of me here on my uh, little screen. Uh, I've got, welcome back, Steve Richards. Hi, Theo. How you doing, Steve? All right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah. Good, good. I've got Mitch Lee here. Hi, how you doing? All right. Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, it's a good time to be on the show. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I've got Jake Richards. I've got two Richards for the price of one here. I've got Jake Richards as well. How are you, Jake? Very good. How you doing, Theo? Yeah, good, good. I, I mean, I can tell just by everyone's tone of voice that we're all feeling remarkably chipper in what I'm calling the biggest Big Dipper roller coaster ride of a season, even that we've ever had, because... <laughs> As we speak, suddenly, what on earth has happened? We're scoring for fun. We're in the box seat all of a sudden, having, you know, at various points written off any prospects of uh, finishing in the top four during the course of the season. At some, uh, various points. There were, there were times early on we thought we might be involved in a relegation battle. But here we are, absolutely best team in the country, scoring more goals than anyone else. You know, Son has gone to number two in the scoring charts in the Premier League. Uh, we've won six out of seven, and we've got Brighton at home on uh, Saturday. What could possibly go possibly go wrong? <laughs> I mean, Mitch, I was going to start with you. Can you believe this? I'll tell you what. Six, seven weeks ago, I, I wrote us off. I wrote us off. We lost to Southampton, Wolves, you know, Burnley, Manchester United. That was 12 points down the drain. That was all our games in hand. I yeah. said, it ain't happening. I remember walking out of the Wolves. I think I remember which one was the second game. Whichever one it was, I walked out and said, that's it. It's done. You know, yeah. we're going to be Conference League or something like that. And, yeah. I thought, and do you know what? It may well be that all the pressure was just lifted and they've just gone. Because to get to the top four, you, you'd have to go back to back winning games. And that's exactly what we've done literally from that period. And yeah. even the Man United game, we lost. We should have won or at least yeah. got a point out of it. But yeah. you think those, those 12 points, imagine if we'd have got even two points out of that. You know, just yeah. anything out of those games. Uh, but I, I don't know, Conte, it just feels different at the moment with Conte. It just feels, you know, I think the two things we've got in our favour are that it's, we've got one game at a time, once a week, and that Conte's there. Because it just feels different at a time. And, um, you know, even the Villa game, the time I sat down, we kind of 1-0 up. And I'm just thinking, this is, yeah. this is just, it just feels different. It really yeah. does feel different. And It uh, does. You know. I agree. I mean, it feels to me like Conte, who is, you know, one of the great managers, he's finally, he can't do it overnight. So he's taken a little while, but it's, it really feels like something has clicked into 
place that where that's it. We're now a Conti side, and Conti sides don't lose many. They're like a machine. But having said all of that, I don't know what you guys thought, Steve. I watched that that game on Saturday. The first half of that game is one of the most uncomfortable halves of football. I can remember for a long while actually watching Spurs, and we were absolutely being dominated and brutalised. And I didn't think it was. I, I didn't think we were going to win, let alone win comfortably. No, it, it was the first half was even though we were one nil up, or perhaps because we were one nil up, it was really nerve wracking because having scored that goal, uh, Villa completely dominated and played some very good football. I thought, and yeah. we couldn't seem to cope with them. And at half time, I was thinking, "Oh my God, what's going to happen?" And 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 if anyone had said that, we would slaughter them. You yeah. think, "God, what are you on?" Yeah. You know, and we slaughtered them. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a, a, an astonishing turnaround. Uh, but, yeah, that first half was, you thought, oh, no, you know, Arsenal have just been beaten. Yeah. We're 1-0 up. But we're not getting a touch of this, the ball in this game. Yeah. It felt I mean, tense. I felt the referee was a bit lenient. I mean, I, was, I was, had an exchange with Mike Lee earlier, and I know he, he and I both thought the referee did us no favours because what had obviously happened, Villa had lost three on the bounce and then they had this big home game against a big side and you could just hear the speech that Gerard was giving in that changing room, which was, no way do we lose four on the bounce. We're in front of our own fans and we've got to go out there and play well, but we've also got to not give them an inch, not give them a second. We've got to go in hard for every 50-50. You know, you can hear him, the rousing speech, but I felt they came out and they were dirty and I actually felt, I mean, the Doherty situation, I don't know what you thought, Jake, but I think Doherty was a victim of that speech, that rousing uh, uh, team talk, and I think the referee should have been uh, on top of that a bit earlier. Yeah, it was it was very Stephen Gerrard coming yeah. out, playing right on the edge. A few of those tackles, the cash one on Doherty, the one on yeah. Kulusevski. I think yeah. it was Tyro Mings who always seems to have a bad tackle in him. So yeah, not very good. I actually only watched the second half on Saturday because I was at the Grand you lucky sod. I was at the, <laughs> I was at the Grand National, so got back to Liverpool, watched the second half, and thought, "My God, we're the best team in Europe!" All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then watched the first half on the Sunday. Yeah, and I obviously got a bit of a better perspective that it wasn't all one-way traffic. Yeah, um, but even so, you know, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but Conte after the game, and he's spoken about this a lot, that good teams have to suffer. He always says, "Has to yeah. suffer." Yeah. And actually, actually, I've noticed that the players are now saying that we have to suffer sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And that first half felt like we were under the cosh. We weren't playing well. We were getting battered, both figuratively and literally. Mm. And actually, we came through it. And I think that's psychologically a big um, factor. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's good. And just going back to it clicking all of a sudden for Conte, this is what happens with him. At Chelsea, mm. if you remember, first three months, they weren't doing very well. Yeah. They were losing 3-0 to Arsenal. And then at halftime, he switched the system. And then they won, won 18 games on the trot or something. Yeah. Similar into Milan. He didn't yeah. start well, kicked off a fuss, started slagging off the board, the chairman. Mm. And then all of a sudden it clicks, they win the league. So this is a pattern of his. And it's um, great to see it finally come to fruition for us. Yeah, because that's what's exciting. Because we all know what happened next in those scenarios. They became, you know, really incredibly formidable i love his turns of phrase i love that thing about suffering and you will have all i don't know if you all saw him being interviewed after the game the other thing he said was uh they said you know you weathered that storm in the first half and in the second half it was quite ruthless he said you have to know when to kill the <laughs> opponent you must know when to kill them 
Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, Christ! It's yeah. like a bloody Martin Scorsese movie. He's absolutely... It's chilling. But, yeah, you know, I like that. I like that he's... Straight out of The Godfather. Yeah. He, I think it's good, and it's what this team needs. Um, and I think the players like it and respect yeah. it as well. So, yeah, it's good. No, I, I think they respond to that sort of thing. They want... They want... They bought... Fully bought into it, and it's fantastic to see. You know what I like as well? He uh, Second half, he just thought we're not going to do tippy tappy stuff anymore we're going to just go long and and he and he, he wasn't scared to do that and I, yeah. and I think that you know everyone wants to play at the back because when it comes off it looks really spectacular you play a goal from a goalkeeper to the fullbacks blow back all the way to the midfield and you score a goal like the last goal was brilliant but most of it was like launch it up there not Wimbledon yeah. style but no. you know see where Kane is and and I don't know how Villa don't work that one out if you leave space in behind Kane will drop. This is no secret. Kane's yeah. been doing this for about two or three years. He'll get the ball and he's only looking for Sonny and he knows he'll outpace everyone else. Yeah. And he'll flick it over and Kane's in. And and, and then Kane, uh, sorry, Son's finishing. You can see what he's doing. He's aiming for the inside of the post every single time. It's almost two goalkeepers can't get that because he's so accurate with it. Yeah. But he just he just leaves them no hope. And I don't know, Villa, I thought they were just a bit... Because I always thought, even if we'd have gone 1-0 down or they'd have scored in that first half period, I just think that we're better than them, man for man. You know, all things being equal, we're just a better team than them. And the system seems to work and it's clicked into place. And I don't know, I just... I don't Even before going into the game, I thought we'd win it. And during the game, I thought we'd win it, even, even when we were getting back in the first half. And, you know, and it just fell that way. They They, they kind of... Ran out of steam, didn't they? They ran out of steam, bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not so... I mean, they became demoralised. They thought we can't yeah. do any more than we did in that first half. And we've been absolutely... We've, we've been humiliated in the end. But that stuff about... You know, all those great cliches about big teams, teams that win win titles and stuff, that they have to... I mean, he's used the word suffer. And it's all those other... You've got to be resilient. You've got to be able to survive when you're not the best team on the pitch you've got to be able to play not your best and still win all of those kind of old cliches and truisms they were there for all to see in in Tottenham and we we did see a bit of that under Pochettino do you remember when it was the end of Spursiness under under Pochettino and and some, this is the first time since then I think that we, we're really seeing that but how worried are you Steve that about the loss I mean who who thought we'd, who'd have thought we'd ever say this even a couple of months ago but how worried are you about the loss of Doherty Quite a lot, and for two reasons. Um, well, three actually. One, it's a quite an old-fashioned thing, um, but Conte, unlike just about any Spurs manager I can remember, has got to know what his first eleven is going to be. Mm. There's no surprise in recent weeks. It's been yeah. the same team every time. Now, I know that's different to some managers who like to rotate and things, and it's a bit kind of 70s and 80s, you know, knowing what your first team is. But he has been putting those players out week in, week out recently, and they've been playing well. And so that now ends with uh, Doherty's injury. Two, as you suggest, to everyone's surprise, he's been playing really well. He now mm. fits into the system, whereas he couldn't before. Um, and so, and then three on a personal I really feel sorry for him. I mean, I, yeah. I wasn't there. I was watching on the telly. And I saw him in the tunnel at the beginning of the game. And he was so up for it. He was like, mm. come on, come on. You know, he's loving it now. Yeah. Apparently yeah. he's good mate. And suddenly he's out. So for those reasons, I was really upset, actually, when I read about that he's out for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. However, one of the other strengths of Conte is 
suddenly we've got a squad. You know, early on in the season, you would look at the subs bench. You know, we're playing one of the other teams. They've got eight superstars there. Mm. And you kind of thought, oh, there's no... no. I mean, he, he, he'll he be able to... He, I think he'll be able to deal with uh, Doherty, you know. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he suddenly not only turned the, the first 11 into top four style play, but he's got a bench that can come on and make a difference. I mean, it's a sort of remarkable yeah. turnaround yeah I, I think emerson royal is getting better and That's i think he's i mean you can't fault him for energy and tenacity and i think his weakness his most obvious weakness is he's not a great crosser of the ball whereas doherty right. is a natural wing back wing back is his position royal they're trying to convert into a reasonably good young fullback they're trying to convert him into but I read somewhere today and I'm sure this won't happen now but I read somewhere today that when they bought Kulusevsky they bought him with two positions in mind either right hand side of the front three or right wing back uh-huh. so I don't know maybe we need to see more injuries before they because he's doing so well where he uh, is up yeah. front but it's quite an interesting thought because he's chunky and he's energetic and uh it would mean it would liberate another place up front for Bergwijn or, or Lucas Mora, but you'd be you'd hesitate to change that at the moment, I guess. Um, yeah. I saw just a, just a slight. Actually, I tell you what, let's take our break. We take we'll take our mid-show break here before I talk about this other thing I've got in mind. And we are back. And before we uh, move on, I just should say that for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews and original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Spurs show live season ticket events this season are very much up and running. And we've had some brilliant ones. You can sign up at season.spursshow.net. Uh, we've, uh, next one's got Terry Dyson and Cliff Jones discussing the 60, 61 season. I don't know if you remember that one, even if you don't, you may be aware of it. And, uh, he, they will be ably supported by Norman Giller. So, I mean, what a brains trust that is Dyson Jones and Giller who probably know more information about that glorious season than any other three men alive. They'll be discussing, uh, also Norman's official biography of Jimmy Greaves, which is out. And there are extra tickets, just a few, to non-season ticket members available for that event at billetto.co.uk. Our end-of-season Spurs show, The Big Party, will be at the 100 Club on May 26th with Ozzy and Ricky. Uh, Tickets for that at billetto.co.uk as well. And we'll also be putting on an event at the JW3 Community Centre on May the 11th with Martin Chivers, Pat Jennings, Alan Mullery and Stevie Perriman. Uh, Go to jw3.org.uk for that, jw3.org.uk. UK. Looking forward to that. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And a nice review on iTunes is enormously helpful. Um, there's new merchandise, a brand new Human Son and Antonio Conti design available. Old Woolwich Wanderers Classic, Hoddle, Aussie, Chivers, Bale, Greaves, and Mackay designs. T-shirts, sweatshirts, phone covers, links on description to this podcast. So you can get the link uh, yeah, on the show notes. Next week, it's me again with um, <clears throat> Kirsty Lee Richardson, Abby Summers, and Simon Sheffer. Now, gentlemen, I saw a potentially disturbing uh, newspaper story today about Paratici. I think, I think this has come up before. Paratici is being pursued by the Italian constabulary. 
Do you know about this? He, for cooking the books whilst at Juventus. Juventus uh, and other Italian clubs uh, cooked up a little uh, scheme where when they did swap deals, of course, if you do a swap deal with players, you can say they're worth anything because no money's changing. So what they did was they were vastly over-exaggerating their value to help their accounts and help with tax and things like that. And it was a pretty obvious uh, ploy. Uh, and Italian plod are after them all, and Paratici in particular. And if he does get fingered, he will be out for 18 months. Mitch, Jesus Christ, what are we going to do? Would, would we miss <laughs> it? I hadn't heard that story, but... <sighs> That's just typical. That just that just wouldn't that just wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully, before he does go, if he has to go, he yeah. gets all his real dealing all done beforehand. And if yeah. he's got to go, he's got to go. Because so far, he's done really well. The, the players he's brought in, yeah, it's taken um, you know not that long to settle in, but they've come in and they've done really well. And if he's got more of that, if he's going to go to Juventus and pick up their spares and whatever he's got there, then let him crack on with it and do it fast. I mean. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he won't do that with Spurs because Daniel Levy won't let him anywhere near. You know, whatever you think of Levy, he's, he's above board and he's not going to yeah. let any of that happen. So I think that we'll just have to wait and see. That's the first I've heard of this, but, uh, you know, he's done great for us. Uh, and and let, let him do the deals quick and then yeah. we'll take it from there. Yeah. Jake, let's talk a little bit about Arsenal. It seems like a great time to talk about Arsenal. And, and if you look at the table, Arsenal are still the the main rivals, obviously, for this top four finish. Do you think they'll come again or do you think they're a busted flush? What a question. Um, I think the injuries really hurt them. Tierney out for the season at left back because um, they've got that Tavares who's their second choice, but Arteta He's doesn't useless. think to put him on the pitch. Yeah, he keeps getting They might as well put off. Tavares. Tavares had a hit with more than a woman, I think. You might as well put them in. <laughs> um, and Xhaka's playing left back, which is you know, interesting. And also party they've lost who has been very yeah. important to them as well. I, I think that they have to win the next two games to stay in it. They've got Southampton away and then they've got an easier game before the really tough run where they play West Ham, United, Chelsea and us. Yeah. So unless they pick up six points from, I think it's Southampton away. I'm not sure who the home game is, but they've got a presumed gimme the game after that. Yeah. Then um, I think they're in some trouble. I watched them against Palace the whole game and they were just completely bullied. And it did feel like a psychological issue there that they just couldn't turn up for what was a big game after uh, we'd won. So, um, look, you never know with Arsenal. I still think it will come down to some extent to that game at our place on um, in May. But by then, I hope that we're three points ahead. Um, at least. So, um, yeah, but ultimately, I think it will come down to that game, basically. Yeah, I, I think um, after we play Brighton, there'll be another show later in the week, by the way, uh, where we'll preview the Brighton game. But after we play Brighton, I think they play three games before we play again. So if we're six points ahead of them there, there it'll be an interesting situation because if they, oh, if they were to win them all, uh, yeah, they go to, let's have a look, Saturday the 16th. They so go, they've, got, they've got Arsenal away, then Chelsea away. So, They've got uh, Southampton away, then Chelsea away. Sorry, Southampton away, yeah, Chelsea away, yeah. And then United at home. Yeah. So they, they've got they've got a win on Saturday against Southampton away. Yeah. Newport. It's a huge game for them. 
Yeah. Uh, they play after us as well. So if we've beaten Brighton at the 12.30, then again, the pressure's on. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They play, that's what I mean. They they play after us on Saturday. Then they play on Wednesday. Then on the following Saturday, they play the first game of the weekend at 12.30. So they play three games before we play again. And the pressure will be enormous. Yeah. The only bloody thing you do think is that Southampton were absolutely world-beating when we played them. And they've completely yeah. capitulated since. Typical. Chelsea... I don't know. Chelsea will, uh, their season will have really become very well defined by next, uh, by a week on Wednesday because they've got their, of course, they've got the Real Madrid game, which as we record, that's on tonight. And then they've got the FA Cup semi final. So who knows what, what sort of psychological, they may also have sold their club. They've got, who knows what psychological condition they'll be in. But you like to think they could, they would beat Arsenal. And Man United, what a basket case. Can you remember a worse Man United team, Steve? No, no. And, uh, and, and so the whole club seems to be so badly run. Yeah. The, the, the idea, okay, you, you take the big move, deep breath, sack Solskjaer, who everyone adored, um, and then you put in a temporary manager. Yeah. Um, you know, send you a signal to the players. They needn't bother with him that much because he'll be gone by the end of the season in that role. Um, so, you know, I, I'm kind of working on the assumption that it's between us and Arsenal. That yeah. United haven't got it in them, and and West Ham lost the other uh, day, and we're so conditioned uh, to assume things can go wrong. We've already explored two possibilities: Paratici disappears, and yeah. you know, yeah. so the whole kind of delicate structure implodes, and the Arsenal might revive. But um, it's partly about momentum, isn't it? I mean, we are on a hell of a good run, and they're on a really bad run, and. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, you would think objectively it's with us now. We're the ones playing well. They've lost twice. They must have expected to win against Brighton. So, but things can change so quickly. It's one of the most exciting seasons I can remember. Yeah. I mean, really has had everything so far. And there's, yeah. it would appear to be more. The only thing we haven't had, of course, is any kind of cup run. But in the league, it's really just been extraordinary. Because I, I was the same. After those games we lost, you know, I remember sitting next to... Jake on that Southampton game just before it started saying, well, the yeah. next three games are in the back and we yeah. lost all three. Yeah. And, yeah. and and so I thought, I thought mid table at best. And yeah. now here we are completely transformed since then. Yeah. But I think um, the, the, the Brighton game, then beating Arsenal was good for two reasons. Obviously because it's against Arsenal, we don't really care, uh, but it's made us um, think, you know, keep, keep keeping us on our toes because if we were going to go into that game like we did Southampton and Wolves that we're going to go over there and because oh. Brighton's form is not good at all. That mm. Arsenal game, they beat them but if you look, I think they've lost them the last God knows how many games before yeah. that. they couldn't so even beat Norwich at home. Sorry? Yeah. They could. They, they had one point from about five yeah. games and the one point was Norwich at home they couldn't even beat them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So all of a sudden we're going, you know, if, 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 they, if they'd have lost to... Um, Arsenal, we may have been a bit complacent, thinking, oh, it's just only Brighton. But now we're thinking, yeah. right, you know, we, we've got to be on our game. We, we we can not just, and the morning games as well, the atmosphere is always a bit kind of, you know, it takes a while to kick off. But we've got to do almost what we did against Villa, a couple of early goals and, and yeah. just kill them off. You know, they, they can't score for Toffee, can they? So, you know, we, we, we've just got to go in there um, and, and take it seriously. Yeah. Well, as I said, we'll be, doing, we'll be doing a separate Brighton preview show, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But what sure. I'm interested in... What I'm just interested in is um, a lot of people like Tottenham Tottenham fans, people like Jermaine Genus, quite high-profile Spurs supporters on Twitter and stuff saying, uh, after Saturday, posting pictures of Conte and saying, for God's sake, give him what he wants. 
Let back back him. Give him give him what he wants. So if we get to the summer and we have got top four, what do you think he will want, or what do you think he will require? Because one thing's for sure, I know that the, I know this, this is us getting carried away, and we could be we could finish seventh, and, and it's a business, an absolute. He goes, Kane goes, the whole thing's a disaster. We know that. We know that's a that's not completely uh, out of the question. But let's say let's say we get top four. It's the summer, and he. What do you think he will ask for, and do you think he will get it? I mean, in terms obviously of um, recruitment, what do you think, Jake? I think it will be uh, a left sided centre half. Um, to replace Davis, or at least I think, to, I think to, yeah, to give competition for Davis. There's no one. If Davis gets injured, there's no one with a left foot who can play that role. Yeah. I think he'll want to upgrade both wing backs. I'm afraid. I wouldn't be surprised if Reguilón goes back to Madrid and we get another left wing back. And I think, however good Emerson and Doherty have been, I think he'll want an upgrade on that. And I hope he'll also sign a creative midfielder. And I really want it to be Ericsson. And that's not just being sentimental. You know, if you look at how he's playing at the moment for Brentford, and he's on a free. Um, and he's played for Conte before and helped him win a title. Yeah. I'd like him to get Ericsson as well. But I think those are the areas he'll be looking at. Um, new wing-backs. The, the, the wing-backs are so important for this system and they are playing well at the moment, but I don't think he fully trusts any of them. Um, I think he likes Sessegnon, but it's too injury-prone. Doesn't like Reguilón that much. Doesn't trust Doherty. Doesn't trust Emerson fully. So that's where I expect him to go for it. And I think Levy will spend... But he'll be clever. It will not be seventy million here, seventy million there. We're looking at the odd twenty-five million pound player. I think um, and that's what, that's the market we'll be in. I suspect. Well, that I guess is why we need Paratici because we won't necessarily buy the obvious players. We'll we'll need a bit of expertise. But you know, I don't know if you. I'm sure you all have seen Goodfellas. He he could be pulling strings from. He could be kicking his spaghetti in the in the clink and uh, making phone calls on the you know smuggled in. Uh, Mobile, couldn't they say get the get the left back from Napoli and get get the left sided centre half from Sicily? Trust me, they're the ones you want. I mean, the the, the, the it, it's the usual kind of dilemma, isn't it? Because if we get top four with this squad, Daniel Levy's instinct will be: uh, I've got the manager in place to uh, deliver with this squad. And not much more. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, classic, you know, classic you know, times yeah. ten because of the stadium and the pandemic yeah. and stuff. However, he knows he's got to keep Conte. Yeah, and and I think that gives Conte the upper hand in the discussions this summer. Um, yeah. I think he will try and deliver for him whatever it is that he asks for, or Paratici manages to sort of wangle. But it will be what Conte wants because. That's the basic thing, isn't it? He's got yeah. to keep it. So, um, and he knows Conte's got the reputation, which is, oh, right, I'm not. Yeah, big, he's big, not going to stand for any nonsense. Yeah. Every time the crowd seeing Antonio, Antonio, Levy must be absolutely hating it because he knows that's another 10 million he's going to spend in the transfer market because he cannot <laughs> risk yeah. Conte walking out in the summer. He just cannot risk it. And just quickly on the Paratici thing, I don't know any of the details of that story, but if. Um, you know, experience of the Italian justice system. If anything does happen, it will take about fifteen years. So I don't panic too much about that. Okay, okay. Well, that's good to know from a lawyer, from a barrister. That's very reassuring. <laughs> don't, don't quote me on that, but yeah, that's uh, okay. It's okay. Well, you're amongst friends. We won't say anything. But um, <laughs> here, here's a question that gets Tottenham that, that, that Tottenham fans often will be um, 
this invites a certain amount of ridicule and derision. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it anyway. I'm gonna ask you, Mitch. If leave if we get top four, <laughs> yeah. if we get top four, and we and Conti more or less does get what he needs to modify and improve this squad and this team, how close do you think we can go to a title challenge? Listen, I love my Spurs, but I'm realistic as well. And when I look at Liverpool and I look at Man City play, at the moment, they're on a, another planet. Not that yeah. you couldn't beat them in a one-off game, but they go week in, week out, winning games, back to back to back. Their second bench, but you know, their substitute on the bench, you know, are frightening. The squad, the setup, everything. So we've got a long way to go before we get anywhere near there, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. You would need things like... Um, Mane, Salah being injured or coming to the end of their, you know, I don't know, I think they're late 20s, early 30s, I think they're getting to that age. You'd need, you know, the manager, um, Pep Guardiola saying, I've had enough at City, I'm moving on. Klopp as well. You'd need significant things like that to get close to them. As it stands, uh, next year, I would say it's still too early. Um, But we're we're, we're going in the right direction, you know, it's, it's not. It's not impossible. But you, 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 the, the run you have to go on. The, the system. The systems in place you have to get. You certainly got the right manager. You certainly got the infrastructure with this. The being in London, the stadium, the training ground. You've got everything there, and you don't yeah. necessarily need to send uh, spend billions. It's uh, millions. It's just about the right recruitment. It's about getting. You know, look at our best players. Kane, nothing. Son, seventeen million. Lloris, yeah. can't remember how much he was, but he, he was. And they've been with us for, for how long? So all our big guys have, have gone out now. So it's yeah. not necessarily about spending millions. It's about the right recruitment. And, and hopefully, um, Palacicci, he, he, will, he, he will find others like that. Because Romero, I think he's, he's, what is he, 40 million? Is it? I think they don't have to pay for him. Uh, Kulazetsky, I think, you know, these, these are not over-expensive no. buys. They're just no. the right players. So, so uh, winning, winning the league, uh, I can't see it any time soon but I, I hope I'm wrong I hope I'm wrong but I can't see any time soon I just think that Liverpool and Man United are just just too good at the moment you know they're first and second and they're still in pretty much all the cups aren't they um, and we're, we're we're fourth now and that's yeah. because we're almost playing one game a week and we can handle that at the moment um, but those guys no I, I think they're just too good sorry <laughs> no, no, but I, I agree. They are totally on a different level. No question about that. I mean, just watching that game on yeah. Sunday, you saw that. But two teams playing football that none of the other teams can play. Chelsea, no. I thought, were, were going to get to that level when the season started. Obviously, no. they just won the Champions League and they have an amazing bunch of players. But not even they can really get no. close to them, no. which tells you a lot. Yeah. Um, but I am disappointed by your answer, nevertheless, Mitch, because I had it in my head we were going to win the league. Still, never mind. Never mind. I'm so sorry. No, well, you know. I'd love um, to be wrong. I'll be dancing down Tottenham High Road if we do. Don't worry about that. Do you know, it's a funny thing. The only reason why it even entered my head is that Conti just always wins the league. He just does yeah, it. He does. And he gets a team. And it's that business of clicking and making a team into the machine of his design that he needs it to be. So you just think, I mean, at the moment, I mean, the stats, Tottenham stats are incredible. We're not just yeah. winning every game. We're, nah. we're scoring so freely. One of the things that's happened in this mad season is we had an absolutely atrocious goal difference in what, what seems like two and a half months ago. And now we've got a goal difference, which is definitely worth that extra point in this top four yeah. race. You know, if it goes down to goal difference, we, 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 we're absolutely yeah. nailed on, yeah. nailed on to prevail. I mean, 
it is extraordinary. Um, and, you know, the demise of the arts so beautifully timed as well to dovetail with it. Do you think there's any chance, Steve, of West Ham and, and Manchester United just coming again? No, no. Um, you know, I, I thought for a time West Ham might be uh, a, a bit of a threat, but I don't think so now, and nor Manchester United. I'm afraid, and it seems to happen so often, it's um, uh, Spurs and Arsenal. And as Jake was saying, if Arsenal lose the next game or two, I think they will really struggle. I mean, yes. So, um, you know, but to, to, to be optimistic about your other question about winning the league, uh, I don't think we can. And I think actually one of the more boring things is it's going to be Man City v Liverpool next season again. You know, the, the, the dramas lower down the top two. But if we carry on improving in the way we have over the last month, you know, again, and then yeah. more time, we are up there. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, I mean, Conte... Uh, I think he's an incredible manager because um, it is partly about the January transfer market that has lifted the, the team. The two came in and those who got real. But he has improved a lot of the players as well who he inherited. And it's yeah. the combination of, of the two. So I think he's he's got to stay. And who knows yeah. what will happen then if we get in the top four. Yeah, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, uh, I think we can bring this to a close now, and I'm not even going to ask you for the obligatory predictions because we'll be doing that on the subsequent show later in the week. Uh, so really, all I all that remains for me to say is, is to thank you all, Steve. Thanks ever so much for coming along. I know you're I know you're on a tight schedule. I appreciate you making the time. As you know, I'm an I'm an addicted uh, follower of your rock and roll politics podcast. I'd like to recommend that to all Spurs fans. Thank you. Uh, Mitch, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. No and problem. Thanks a lot. Jake, also, particularly for your invaluable legal advice, I'd like to thank you very much for coming along as well. The invoice is on the way for you. Of course, of course. That's why I'm wrapping it up now. I know you charge about a minute. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be along later in the week. But for now, this is Theo Delaney in North London saying, Kill you, Spurs! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.